When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, the world's most trusted conspiracy theory podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Olivia Haidar. Hey, everybody, welcome to Conspiracy, the show. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host today, ooh, my favorite co-host of all, no co-host, but I do have a very special guest. Comedian Kim Crawl is here. Kim, how's it going? Hi, I'm excited. I'm nervous, though, too. I am super excited. This is like my one opinion that stops every conversation once I bring it up, clears rooms, men have ghosted me. Like, this is my one opinion that, like... It well, might be my one weird thing. Yeah, I mean, the the whole reason we're doing this is because you were on an episode of the Unpops podcast not too long ago, and you said the name Paul McCartney and then threw up some air quotes. <laughs> I did do that. I do do that. Which did actually kind of stop the podcast in its tracks. So <laughs> we could ask what the... What, what the air quotes were about. And uh, you think Paul McCartney died in the 1960s, right? A lot of people think Paul McCartney died in the 1960s. That's true. That's true. We're doing kind of a format buster here today. Normally, I bring all the research. I do all the legwork. And I relay the conspiracy to the co-host or the guest and the audience. And, you know, they decide. Going the other way this time. Kim is going to tell me why it is true that Paul McCartney died in 1966, I think? 1966. November 9th, 1966. Mm-hmm. 9-11. No, November 9th. 11-9. But I guess in... In, in England, though. It's a 9-11. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. So Paul McCartney died on 9-11. Go on. Okay. So the story is... The story is... And I watched a documentary yesterday, too, in between power outages... That made me kind of believe it more, even though they called the replacement a different name, but the full name. Okay, so basically in 1966, around midnight, November 9th, 1966, the Beatles go into recording and Paul and John get in a fight over lyrics, right? Mm -hmm. They get in a big fight over lyrics. Paul gets increasingly flustered, upset. So he leaves. He leaves and he dies. He gets a big car accident and basically gets decapitated, right? And so there's two stories. So the story I knew before and then the story from the documentary, because the story from the documentary, and I'm kind of using air quotes because I just, I don't feel like they could make a documentary, call it a documentary. How many times can I say the word documentary? I know. It's really, I don't even think it's a real word anymore. Take take a drink every time I do. It's 9 a.m. The, the story is that like the manager, they, they saw it was Paul McCartney and it was like, you have to understand at the time in 1966, Beatlemania was at its height. Mm-hmm. Like it was like 
like people were would would have killed themselves had someone like him died, right? Also, England was buzzing because they won the World Cup. So go on a ride with me. They're like, fuck, we have <laughs> like right? So the manager, so the doc, the doc documentary, okay, take a drink. The documentary says that someone from MI MI5 contacted the, the remaining Beatles, found them. And this, by the way, this is set up as it's uh, George Harrison's last will and testament. And this whole documentary is set up around the fact that, like, that the MI5 was going to kill the Beatles if they came forward with this Billy Shears thing. So, is that the documentary you're talking about, the one with the George Harrison audio? Yes, but it's not him. If you go to IMDb, yeah, it's, it's some like guy named Morris. That's like a mockumentary. I don't no, think it's that's... Not. I don't think that's like a real documentary. I watched I watched that like 10 years ago. Was it called Paul is Really Dead? We're going to look this up. How do you how do you know if it's a mockumentary? What if we derail? By the way, I thought this was real before I watched this documentary. But wait, it's not a how it. it OK, where does it say mockumentary? <laughs> I feel like that's a spoof, but I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Go on. I don't. All right. We're going to keep going. I don't think it's a spoof. Is Ew. it a spoof? I don't know. Either way, the podcast isn't over because this is how I felt before I watched this thing. So basically, they had held a Paul McCartney lookalike contest randomly. So they hold, held this random po- like tiger beat, something like that. And this, this orphan, this Scottish orphan named Billy Shears won. So they contact Billy Shears. And they basically, the, the plan was... Only like a week or so. Let's just like this happened so suddenly. Let's like give ourselves some time so we don't have to announce like possibly one of the t- most tragic deaths ever. Right. Not really, but especially in that time, how, how crazy Beatlemania was. So the plan was and then Billy Shears wasn't really that bad. The thing is, though, he's a right handed guitar player. OK, I'm just going to read the notes now. You ready well, for this? Well, that, that's that's the thing. Him for the Beatles to have put a replacement Paul McCartney in place and recorded the music they recorded, they de- they needed way more than a lookalike. Like, no, and that's the other thing, though. Right before Paul McCartney died, they had announced that they were changing their look and stopping touring. They decided to stop touring just randomly before that. So they were able to, like, take some time because they're like, we're changing our sound. And that's when Sgt. Pepper came out, which was like a whole other. And that album cover is basically a funeral to Paul. That album cover has a lot of references to death on it. And if you're looking for references to Paul McCartney's death, you'll find a lot of references to death on that album cover. But you'll also find references to death in literally everything. And that thing you just said about them changing their look and their sound and their style, is that maybe what they're throwing the funeral for? Is the old version of the Beatles? No. (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) Yes, because why wouldn't they just say that? Because Where, that's okay. boring. Like, why, why would they Why would they say that? Why would they say well, this album cover represents the death of the old Beatles, baby? Like, we knew. Like, you, you knew that looking at it, that that represented a different version of the Beatles. But it also could possibly be that there's a bunch of references to Paul dying. It could be, but I, I am not in any way, shape, or form convinced. At all? No, no. Okay, this is how I think. Paul McCartney was young in 1966, and I've seen, like, I've looked at the evidence, and for one thing, a lot of the evidence is made up. Like, all the stuff from the Abbey Road album, the person who put that out into the world has since made it clear that he was joking and that it's not, like, he didn't really intend people to take that 
as facts. Like the 28 now, 28, and how it was like a funeral. Like, okay, well, the weird thing is about after all that, Paul is different in every album cover. Like every, all the original Beatles, the three original alive Beatles. And don't get me wrong. I think, okay, the way I really think about this is if five or 10 years from now, Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney was like, (laughs) hey, I'm really Billy Shears. That whole thing was real. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't matter. Cause he's been Paul McCartney, like Paul McCartney number two has been Paul McCartney longer than Paul McCartney number one was. So he's basically Paul McCartney. So if he came forward and was like, I'm actually this, but I'm still Paul McCartney, I would be like, I, I, I'm not surprised. But if, if, you know, well, that's never the whole thing. Out. That's the whole thing with any good conspiracy theory. A really important question to ask is why? Like, why would this be such a big deal? And you mentioned, well, the Beatles were so huge in 1966 and people would have been all upset if what? If like the, devastated. Right. But four years later, they weren't like the Beatles broke up four years later. Yeah. And, the, and they and say the reason why they actually broke up was because the why? new Paul McCartney and John couldn't get along and John wouldn't quit making all these references on the album cover. Do you think I'm crazy? I don't think you're crazy, but I think you need to at least take into account that John Lennon might have been fucking with you. No. Like the Beatles knew of this <laughs> rumor, like Paul McCartney was interviewed in it, interviewed about it in Life magazine, because after the rumor started spreading, he... Like, Life magazine went to his fucking farm. They also broke into his farm. Yeah. And they actually broke into the farm in Scotland, where Billy Shears is from. Now, if you... And he was angry and was like, fine, come in here and take these pictures, whatever, we'll do the interview. Because they were like, we got a bunch of pictures of you that you don't want out there, but if you give us an interview... Like, I don't think it was a scheduled interview. I think they just went No, they just showed up at his place. Yeah. Which is what you do if there's a rumor that a fake Paul McCartney is out there in the world you don't call and say hey can we talk to this fake paul mccartney you show up like jesse ventura but he's like paul mccartney at this point right like he's like at that point that lifetime billy shears died billy shears died when paul like the real paul mccartney died okay meaning like that guy took on and then that's what the maybe documentary that it doesn't say mockumentary anywhere. It has to say that if it's a mockumentary. Okay, so what, what does the documentary, what does the documentary say? Does it mention that Life Magazine interview? Yes. And is that, and let me guess, that's just part of the plot, right? No, they were mentioned it so briefly. I only know about that from other research I've done. They okay, didn't mention it very does, much at it all. It does seem pretty important that like actual journalists went out to Paul McCartney at the time this rumor was circulating well, let me and ask you, like, you if, here, here he is. But if he's there, they're a lookalike. There's plastic surgery. That's what the documentary said. They're like, the reason why MI5 was so invested is that they were like, we don't want to have mass hysteria on our hands. We'll give this guy minor plastic surgery, right? And so it was like, we've used so much of the government resources. Now it sounds really crazy as I'm saying it out loud. That like, you can't expose us because we shouldn't tell the world we're using government resources to like fake a beetle. But let me ask you, if the journalists go to the farm 
And it is in in my world, it is a fake Paul McCartney. Just pretend it is, right? Pretend we we know it is. They're not going to go there and be like, "Are you fake Paul McCartney?" And he's not going to like. This is like a well developed lie. And at this point, this is like a full blown life. You know what I mean? So like, they're going to show up, and he's not going to be like, "Ah, you got me with my pants down." You know, like he's going to be like, "Yeah, I'm Paul McCartney," because he's had to be Paul it McCartney all the time. It wasn't that long into it though. It but it's that- but it's not like. It's not like somebody, like, I'm not famous like that, right? Uh Uh-huh. Someday. I leaned into my microphone. You can't see it (laughs) because of the thing. But so, like, if someone, like, if they decided to replace me instead of just letting me die, whoever replaced me could, like, be themselves most of the time. Paul McCartney was, like, in the spotlight. So Billy Shears had, so maybe it wasn't that long into the rumor, but it went on for a couple years before people started taking it seriously. And it started in the States. Well, yeah, it started with an article in a college newspaper. Yeah. Where it was just someone like asking about it. But why did they ask about it? I couldn't find like, why was the start? Why did this person? Well, that's the thing. The or the actual origin of this rumor is kind of unknown. And the only genesis of it that we know is the articles that start talking about it, where like it was covered in a Beatles fan magazine where they were like, no, fucking Paul is not dead. It was covered in a couple college newspapers. It was covered on a radio show. But no one knows exactly where the rumor started. I don't know which version of the crash you believe because he was killed in a car crash. Yeah. And the version I've always heard is that he picked up a hitchhiker. Named Rita. Oh, is that lovely Rita meter maid? Let me guess. Oh, maybe. Oh, Here's the thing. But yeah, her name was Rita. They actually changed all of her information. She came back and was like, hey, I've decided I would like money or something for keeping this crazy secret. The the version I've always heard is the girl he picked up died in the car crash, too. Oh, I heard she didn't die. And the version I've always heard is she gets in the car and sees that it's Paul McCartney that picked her up. And she's so excited. She freaks out and hugs him. And they both die in a car crash, which raises the question... Who witnessed her freaking out and grabbing his neck if it was just- See, I always knew she, I thought she lived. Well, tell me about her then. Okay, so I heard she lived. So M13, go, like this guy, Maxwell, goes and gets the remaining Beatles at their recording studio. You can't make that face is, at me. <laughs> is this the Maxwell referenced in Maxwell's Silver Hammer? I love how all of these people have names that, that- match Beatles songs. Here's the thing. Eleanor Rigby is apparently about Paul's here's the thing. There's only three people there. Wait, here's the thing. MI6 and the CIA both are brutal intelligence agencies. If John Lennon was intentionally putting clues to an MI6 plot on a Beatles album, they would fucking kill him. I'm sorry. Where is John Lennon now? Yeah, he died in 1980. You think they killed him in 1980 for putting clues to Beatles? I think that the clues were very, I don't think the clues were very like. People were talking about the clues when the albums were out. Like it was in the 60s. Yes. Like the article, the article you're referencing where it all started in the United States, that was like 68. Oh yeah, I know that. But like. The, the the reason why they, they say, I mean, I don't know. I don't know much about John Lennon's death, and that makes me really sad because I don't want to know why that guy did it. But, like, a lot of the articles are saying it's because, or not a lot, but a few of the articles are saying 
Now, I understand how crazy I sound, by the way. I understand. I'm just saying it's one of the small ones that I'm like, maybe. I don't doubt there might have been some intelligence agency involvement in the death of John Lennon. But if there was, it has nothing to do with clues and Beatles. Because think of what you just said. Oh, no, he was going to go to the the documentary, mockumentary, whatever it was, was like, no, he called George Harrison and was like, enough's enough. I can't live with this lie anymore. It's been enough time. I'm just going to, I'm going to move to the States and I'm going to, I'm going to come out with it. Or he moved to the States and then he's like, I'm going to come out with it finally. And George Harrison was never, so this is another weird thing. Okay, real quick. George Harrison spent most of his time in his castle and after this, because he was like, I was so scared to leave because of all of this. And number two, and they were inducted into the hall of fame Paul McCartney didn't go. And George Harrison was like, yeah, you know, he wasn't a part of that. So it's fine. Like there was an interview of George Harrison, actual George Harrison, his face. He didn't say he was a part of that, but he goes, yeah, he wasn't there. And they're like, don't you find that weird? And he's like, no, we had a good time without him. They didn't get along. Like they really? were like the, not every member of Credence Clearwater Revival showed up when they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It doesn't mean John Fogarty faked his death in the 1960s. It just means they fucking hated each other by the 80s. Like there's really TV miniseries about how much John and Paul fucking hated each other. There's nothing about Paul McCartney not showing up for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony that leads me to believe he died in a car crash in the 60s. In 1966. And I don't know. I still if John Lennon was killed by government forces, it would have been because of the kind of person he was and the influence he had. Because he was killed at a huge turning point in world history where the United States starts really going hard in the paint in Latin America fighting communism. And in the 80s, 81. What do you mean? I thought that was more 70s. No, it was during the Reagan administration. He was elected in 1980. Okay. And John Lennon would absolutely be the type who could organize people and rally them around an anti-war message because it's a thing he had already done. And I'm not speculating that that's why John Lennon was killed. But if a government entity killed him, it wouldn't be because of clues on a Beatles album. You just said yourself, if Paul McCartney came out tomorrow and was like, yeah, I was actually Billy Shears that whole time. No one would give a fuck. Like what It'd would, be wild. It'd be a wild thing to learn about, but it wouldn't it, be like it would it would be a wild thing to learn about that the world would care about for a day or two. Yeah. I mean, I would probably care about longer because I've dedicated a lot of time to I bet you wouldn't even care about it as long as you think. You I might. mean, maybe a week because <laughs> it's just it's not that important. Like it's not. but not, And maybe that's what Paul McCartney now is like. This isn't really that important. I've lived a good life as Paul McCartney. I'm technically Paul McCartney. OK, so tell me some of the other clues. Tell me about some of the other proof. Well, it was mostly about the album stuff, but you sort of debunked that right away. So do you want me to just read it? <laughs> well, do you have can you run us through some of the clues on the album cover? Yes. All right. So let's start. All right, I, I, I did read about a bunch of these and I have thoughts on some of them if you if you get to those okay let's see a group of reporters broke into all right the rumors died out okay the rumors died after the reporters broke in uh and found you know in in the lifetime magazine the rumors died shortly after that and they felt that the beatles 
We're right. Okay. So then the reason why they're saying that they did the clues on the album was because the Beatles were racked with guilt about their friend dying and how they just sort of continued on. Okay. So Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Am, Club, Club Band. I always said Club Am as a kid. Okay. <laughs> Like Club Am, it depicted Paul's funeral. The cover centers around Paul, who is wearing a page that said a, a patch that says OPD, officially pronounced dead. It's actually Ontario Police Department. Yeah, um, Providence, I think Ontario Provincial. Uh, Pro- Providal, like Providal, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, it says Providal on my notes, but I don't think that's a word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the back cover, George is pointing to a line that says Wednesday at five o'clock, because that is when Paul was uh, officially pronounced dead. And weirdly enough, November 9th, 1966 was a Wednesday and he died at 5 a.m. on Wednesday. Why is he pointing at that? Do you have the Sergeant Pepper Lonely Heart Club Am? Do you want me to get the album out? And I, we no, I know. I'm familiar with the album cover, and I've heard about these clues. But again, that's like saying, why did John say the walrus was Paul? Because he's fucking with you. Like, the Beatles knew about these rumors by this point. Yeah, but they seemed mad about it in interviews. Like, they, like when you asked Paul, Paul was like, no, I'm alive. Why are... At first, he was like... How would you feel if people, every time you sat down for an interview, were like, hey, can I, can I compare your ears to this old picture of you? And see if it's really you. Of course you'd be mad. I don't know. I think it was kind of funny. Well, they obviously did think it was kind of funny. That's why they put all those clues on the Sgt. Pepper album So cover. you think that they had, okay, so then Paul is the only one who has his back turned on the album. There are also dozens of other symbols for death in other uh, cultures, but there was like literally dozens and I didn't understand most of them. It was like, oh, in Italy they do this, so this is why they did this. Like, Well, dozens. one of the things people point to is everyone else is wearing red and Paul is wearing blue. Yeah. Why wouldn't Paul be the one covered in blood? Because the guilt is on their hands. The blood is on their hands. Yeah, they really felt guilty about this. That's that's for Dan to point to Almost. me. Point to me where they f- where they feel guilty. Well, they can't feel guilty because if they feel guilty, then they come forward and then they prove that this is. Then they like they can't show guilt. So that's what the album cover is. Is just like clues because they feel guilty. This is the longest I've ever talked about this, and I honestly <laughs> thought I had way more evidence because most of the time, like, I have a whole, like, two pages written out, but most of the time, no one ever lets me get this far, and they either leave or they don't. <laughs> they don't allow me to, to go in circles. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. You don't think that there's at all a possibility. Why would this rumor start? I mean, rumors like this start all the time. There's a rumor like this about Avril Lavigne. Yeah, that one might be real, too. That one is absolutely not real. Like, Have you seen her talk? Okay, this is my only yes, proof. Listen, Watch li- her wait, talk from you, then and now. Wait, will you wait? Different human. You have to just look a little harder. Yes, there are videos that show Avril Lavigne singing and it sounds like a different person singing. There is also a 15-minute video, thousands and thousands of views, very easy to find on YouTube, where an actual vocal coach explains why those two videos sound different. They're in different settings. They are the acoustics 
are going to be different. She's had vocal training since her first album. So where people hear, oh, she can't even sing that song the way she used to. It's because it would wreck her voice to do that. She has had training and is a better singer now. She was not killed and replaced by a body double. Uh, Avril Lavigne especially. Like, what, is Canada going to go crazy? See, okay, so that's the thing. The thing, okay, because first of all, I didn't listen to the vocal. I just listened to an interview of her talking, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's totally a different person. It's 100% a different person. Like, my voice has been this octave most of the time, right? Like, well, I actually smoked for a long time, and I honestly thought it would go back to being as Mickey Mouse as it was before I started smoking, and no, this is just what I sound like now. But, like, they, like, not vocally. I just looked at two different interviews, and I was like, yeah, I could see how that's too. But that's the other, that's the point of Avril. Like, first of all, they say she killed herself, and it was like, she was like a teen pop idol or whatever, and they didn't want to, like, glorify suicide, one. Two, yeah, I don't think anybody would care that much. So, no, that one... I mean, I wouldn't, I'd be like, okay. Um, they say Katy Perry is John Vinay Ramsey, but that gets debunked very quickly I, when you look at I the years. I don't, yeah, I don't think Katy Perry is John Vinay Ramsey. I don't tend to believe really any of the replacement conspiracy theories. Like, there's an Andrew WK one, and it's like, why the fuck would Andrew WK get replaced by an imposter? I don't even know who that is. Yeah, see? Exactly. That would be Paul like McCartney's someone replacing the only one that makes sense. That would be like someone replacing me with an imposter. It's like that's what I said about yeah. Who the fuck cares? Like why why would you even do it? Like and with Paul McCartney, here's the thing about the Beatles. I don't buy the mass hysteria argument. I don't think the British government would go to these lengths to cover up the death of a pop star. Like, I'm pretty sure the British government killed Princess Diana. And boy, was there some uproar when that happened. And they didn't have any fucking problem unleashing that sadness on the country. So I don't think... Different time, though. Different different, different uh, age group. You know what I mean? Like, or different, like, people in power. Sure. 20 but, years apart. But also, like, people die. Like, people die all the time. And the thing about the Beatles is... They're the Beatles. Like, they didn't really need another Paul McCartney. They had a John Lennon and a George Harrison in the group already. Mm, Paul McCartney was one of the main ones. Like, he was... They have, the Beatles are three people. The Beatles are John Lennon, George Harrison, and Paul McCartney. Like, they are the three primary singer-songwriters. Poor Ringo. Yeah, but, I mean, Ringo's highly underrated. And also, there's a reason he had to join the Beatles for the Beatles to get a record deal. Why? Because the drummer they had wasn't good enough. And they said, Pete you Best. Have, yeah, they said you have to replace your drummer. And they replaced I think about him. Pete Best once a week. Yeah, and they replaced him with Ringo Starr because he's a good drummer. What happened to Pete Best is dead, right? Oh, I'm sure. I think about him once a week. Like, can you just imagine? Yeah. I mean, I bet he had a decent, I mean, you could build a career out of that. You could go hit the club circuit. No problem. I'm sure he did fine. I, I hope. I think he died. I don't know, but I, I mean, think we about all die, time. but I think he, I think he lived a while or maybe he died really quick. I don't know. In which case they made the right choice because he was just going to die like an idiot anyway, just like Paul McCartney. And they would have had to replace Jeff Best. Pete Best. Although Ringo, Ringo Starr was a star, right? Like he was like the favorite Beatle, like the heartthrob. He was the one that everyone was attracted to sexually. I still maintain <laughs> like not musically, but 
Ringo's my favorite Beatle in terms of ones uh, the ones I'd want to hang out with. I think Ringo is the only one I would want to hang out with. I know George Harrison seems nice, but if you watch that documentary about the making of the Let It Be album, everyone always talks about like Yoko Ono being the annoying presence in those yeah. last few days. I think everyone but Yoko and Ringo were <laughs> being annoying. Yoko was pretty chill. Ringo just wanted to do his job. John Lennon would not stop hanging on Yoko. Paul McCartney brought fucking kids to the studio like a real See, asshole. You even, you even. I did that for your benefit and for the benefit of Mr. Kite. And George kite. Harrison brought like a f- bunch of fucking Hari Krishnas and just had them sit in the corner and stare at people. <laughs> it's like, I don't want any fucking part of that either. Give me that Ringo and Yoko energy all day. Well, do you think, too, by that point, they were, like, not, like, we know stars now, right? Like, we know, like, famous people now. But those guys at that point, that's, like, that was unheard of. They were almost like gods. And that gets to a human's brain, you know? So, of course, they're doing weird shit, like bringing a group of Hare Krishnas and watching the whole thing. Of course, I mean, watching John Lennon speak sounds, I mean, I think he's a genius, and I love all of his music, right? But he sounded almost insufferable to listen to, you know, like when he's like, yeah, because he was insufferable when he talked. Oh, man. But do you honestly think if that was a fake Paul McCartney, he would have that much swagger within the group? Like, do you think a band that had been together since they were kids would let a fake Paul McCartney come in and essentially run the band? Because at that point in history, Paul McCartney does kind of, after Brian Epstein, I think Brian Epstein died back in the 60s, but after they lose their manager, Paul McCartney does step in for a while and kind of assume the managerial role within the band. Why would they let an imposter do that? Okay, two things with that. One, one of the conspiracies, it was Brian Epstein that actually orchestrated this whole thing and was like, we can't, we're only going to do a placeholder for a few days just to figure out what to do. Two, uh, one of the things is John, at, when they were talking about replacing him, John was like, I have enough songs and music that Paul and I wrote together that we haven't presented to the group that I can keep the John Paul writing thing going on albums for at least 50 more songs. Like I have enough material that I can keep this going Two, you only know what we saw. Right. So it's like, Oh, Paul was sort of the lead guy before he died. Like him and John were the lead people before he died. So in order to keep the thing up, they'd have to show at least to the world that, but John was in charge. I think John was in charge of the whole thing. Okay. But his, was he the history, begs, history begs to differ. Like Paul McCartney did take on a bunch of managerial duties within the Beatles after he is alleged to have died. And I don't think the Beatles would have gone for that. Like, But I, I don't, it could have just been for show is what I'm saying. Like, okay, so who was their manager then? I don't know. It was John Lennon, but they were having Paul McCartney pretend to do it? He was the manager? They like, he stepped have, in as Brian Epstein died. They didn't have a manager for a while. So you get this mad every time someone had <laughs> to step in and assume that role. And for a long time, Paul McCartney was that person in the Beatles who assumed that role. And there's also you mentioned John Lennon saying, well, I have enough songs. Uh-huh. John Lennon and Paul McCartney had very, 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 very different writing styles. Yeah. 
But he had enough of his, like they wrote enough songs. Okay. He's like, I have enough material. I just Googled okay, it. Hold on. So look. now, so now the conspiracy isn't that they happen to find a perfect lookalike with the same musical chops as Paul McCartney. Now it's, they just needed the lookalike and John Lennon wrote the music. Well, I'm sure Billy Shears helped. He was a musician. He was a right-handed guitar player. Okay. Have you ever learned to play guitar? No. You cannot switch from playing right-hand guitar to left-hand guitar in the amount of time it would have been necessary for Billy Shears to do that. Well, they weren't playing live, so it's not they when they were doing it. They played live on the rooftop during the Let It Be sessions. Who was playing? What year was that? That was 1969. Oh, no. I mean, you are right that they stopped touring, but. Oh, no. But also real quick, your manager question. The manager, Alan Klein, took over the Beatles business affairs in 1969 following the death of Brian Epstein. Yeah, it's one of the things that broke the Beatles up. Because Brian Epstein died, Paul McCartney starts assuming kind of a managerial role, and then John Lennon brings in that guy who was the Rolling Stones manager. And that is actually kind of the last nail in the coffin for the Beatles. So it was them disagreeing on business decisions. And I still just don't think they would have let an imposter have that much weight in those business decisions. I also, if this involved the government, I still see no no world where they would let the Beatles put all of these hints about this plot out to the public. But they aren't that obvious. They also said in a documentary that the guy Maxwell called and was like, you guys have to stop doing this. And then that's when the White Album came out where it was just the White Album. But inside there were some clues. Also, the theory is John was going crazy, and that's why he was doing that, and they were hoping they were going to get away with it. George was like, this is scary. That's why he made those tapes that they tried to bear. I think it was a, a documentary, not a mockumentary, because they were like, look, we tried to authenticate these. Like, But it's not really George Harrison on the tapes. No, but I think that's for movie purposes, right? So you think someone heard the tapes and then re-recorded them in their best George Harrison voice? Yes. Why? But not... But for like the movie. Why wouldn't you just play the tapes in the movie? I don't know. I want you to know that I understand that there are a lot of holes in this. <laughs> There's, I have always felt there were a lot of holes in the Paul is dead theory. I just, then how, I just don't know where it would come from. That's the only thing that I'm like... Like, how could this this type of rumor get so much traction? There's back then there's no Internet. You know what I mean? There's no Internet. The only thing well, we really have is like magazines and newspapers. And like, I just don't understand where this could have was some college kid was just like, oh, I think. I mean, it started as a rumor, but like rumors. Paul McCartney was involved in a car accident in 1966. On November 9th? I don't think it was on November 9th, but he was involved in a perfectly well-publicized car accident and sustained some minor injuries. The same thing happened with Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan had a mysterious motorcycle crash that, like, no one talked about. Like, they knew it happened, but there were no details. Two and things. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. One, the rumor about Bob Dylan is that that wasn't a real car wreck. It was just a way to get him into rehab. Yeah. It could be. And then and then the second one, what if they did that car? What if they well publicized this big car wreck so they could explain some of the scars on Paul McCartney? 
What if he just got scars in a car accident? Well, no, he's decapitated in that car accident. There's also rumors that he blew his own head off in that at that act. Like he actually yeah, drove he blew away his and mind killed out himself in a car. Yeah. He didn't notice that the light had changed. That's a line no. from A Day in the Life. By no, I know. I just didn't expect you to know so much. <laughs> I thought I was just going to explain it all, and then you were going to be like, "Cool," but you're like, "No." I guess I didn't know that you'd. I know a I... lot about the Beatles. I'm a big Beatles fan. I read when the Beatles put out that anthology book, like the huge yeah. coffee table size one. I read that shit in three days. I like the Beatles a lot, and I know a lot about them. And I've seen all of these clues, and they're all things. It reminds me of that conspiracy where people are like, oh, Stanley Kubrick hides a bunch of Illuminati symbols in his movies. Sure. Oh, God. He hides, for one thing, he doesn't hide any of that shit. They're just there. And they are occult symbols. And occult symbology is prevalent in art all throughout history. It doesn't mean Stanley Kubrick is shouting out the Illuminati. And the genesis of that conspiracy theory is a comedy article that popped up on the internet in 1995, I think. And every example of that conspiracy since leaves that part out. No one ever mentions, oh, well, the first person to bring this up was joking. Like that part always gets left out. And that's kind of the case with the Beatles too. Like not so much with the Sgt. Pepper stuff, but all of the Abbey Road stuff. Because then you say, well, Maxwell called him and said, hey, I'm going to drop my silver hammer on you if you don't stop putting these clues on your album covers. Well, then explain Abbey Road. That comes out no, after the he, White Album, and that's got a ton of oh. alleged clues. Well, they did this. Uh, they The baby, the baby and meat album you know where they have the doll heads yeah the butcher and, cover yeah 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 well that's not a, like they that was the original cover and now the one to the public is paul in a box that's when they said maxwell called and says what are you doing you can't do this anymore and john was like okay we'll do this well i i do i know the beatles got a phone call over that butcher cover but i think that's you don't think it was mi it's mi6 not mi5 it might have been a mockumentary they called it mi5 the there, whole time. MI, there's mi5 and mi6 are both okay they called it mi5 british intelligence agencies yeah i don't know the exact difference but the thing about the butcher cover think about the beatles demographic at that time it's like teen girls like they're the first like legitimate boy band, boy band. and i think the reason they were forced to change that cover is because that is a shocking look to put out to a bunch of teenage girls you sitting around with meat cleavers and bloody doll parts like, I think that's why it was changed. Also, didn't that album come out before 1966? What's it called? I What's the album called? I think that's Yesterday and Today, but I'm not no. positive. Um, baby, uh, baby, parts, Beatle album. This is how I Google just everything. Google Beatles butcher cover. It is Yesterday oh, and yesterday Today. Yesterday and Today. And it came out in June 1966. That blows up the theory a little bit, huh? Oh, my God. How can you just make a documentary and not have any facts in there? I spent $4 renting this thing, slash I bought it. I just decided to buy it because I was like, You're it's You're going to want to watch it multiple times, obviously. Yeah, I was like, well, renting it is $2 and buying it is 5 Why wouldn't I just buy it? You can't afford not to buy it. 
You have to buy it. At that price. All right. What about this? Okay. This is another thing I had. In 1968, an unknown artist named Terry Knight spent a lot of time with what would have been the replacement Paul. When Paul McCartney wanted to sign Terry to their record company, Apple, which, by the way, it was supposed to be uh, a Paul. It was a Paul. They were doing like a thing with Paul. Never mind. I forgot what it was called. But never Apple mind. It was is, a Nirvana album. What? What? <laughs> I think go on. <laughs> okay, so when Paul McCartney wanted to sign Terry to their record company Apple, he wrote a song called Saint Paul, which people said he was alluding to Paul being dead. Or some think it was a reference to the Beatles being close to Jesus because of what John had said earlier. But then I listened to the song and I thought it was more creepy homage to Paul instead of evidence that Terry knew that it was a fake Paul. I yeah. listened to it, and it was just more do you know what song I'm talking about? Yeah, and what I've always heard about the song is that, because again, we've talked about how at that point in Beatles history, there were a lot of business differences more than creative differences. Like their music, like they were still fine when they were sitting around recording songs the way they recorded songs, which was also very unique and not a thing I think you could just slip an imposter into, but it's fine. But they had a lot of business differences and what I've always heard about this song is that this guy was close enough to the Beatles at the time that he saw a lot of those arguments and disagreements and mostly sided with Paul McCartney. And that's what that song oh. is about, is him saying, hey, when it comes to all this internal shit with the Beatles, Paul is actually right, as opposed to, hey, Paul is dead and in heaven right now. Because also, oh, yeah. also that guy... If again, if we're talking MI5, MI6, that guy gets murdered in the recording studio. Like that song immediately would never come out if that's yeah. what that was about. Well, this, okay, so the, this was this, okay. Um, the song released in April 69, months after the rumor, uh, the, de the dead Paul rumor started. The publishing company took notice and re released the single to give credit to John and Paul because there were so many Hey Jude references. Publish it, and it made sense. Publish it correctly, and the royalties are handled properly. But also, there was a weird thing, too, that I read. About the Royal Art was in the documentary. I just didn't want to admit that I got that too from the documentary because <laughs> I'm st starting to rethink. I can't believe I spent five dollars on that. No regrets. I'll probably watch it a few more times. <laughs> so publish it correctly, and then they, they can handle out the uh, royalties correctly, right? Mm -hmm. What people think is that the fake Paul commissioned Terry to write the song to tell people the truth, and when the song wasn't a hit, they just change up the publishing stuff just to make the royalties easier. The song isn't proof, but it's definitely where most people think the original conspiracy uh, started. The original uh, conspiracy started in the Detroit area, and that is where Terry was from. And Terry died in 2004 and never gave a single interview on the subject. That's kind of weird. Wouldn't he just be like, yeah, that was Paul McCartney. Why are we still, why is no one just being like, why is Paul McCartney not just going, look, I'm Paul McCartney. I know these rumors are still going Paul around. Paul McCartney addressed it on Saturday Night Live. Would it, but not, but not really. He did, but it was like, ha ha ha, tongue in cheek. I'm really Paul McCartney. I mean, how many times does Paul McCartney have to say he's Paul McCartney? Has he submitted a DNA test? He doesn't have to. Well, like, no, no one has to do that I, unless like, it's a criminal thing, but I like if I was him, I wouldn't. I would. Why? To, to get people to stop talking? Like talk. Like who cares? Yeah. And there is one reason also. Like if he submitted to a DNA test, I would believe it. What if it came back and said he's 100% that bitch? Well, 
I mean, I, we both know that all of my thoughts on this aren't grounded in complete facts. So <laughs> I'd probably be bummed for a few days, but then I would, I would move on. It'd be the same if I came out and it said, Paul McCartney's not really Paul McCartney. Also, Paul McCartney and I have the same birthday, so that would really bum me out if, because I don't have the same birthday as Billy Shears. I don't know when that guy's birthday is. So who wrote all the Wings songs? And is all that the-, the band that Paul was in at some point? Mm-hmm. And all his, all his solo records. Who yeah, wrote? probably him. I mean, this guy is a musician. When they found him, he's a musician. That's the thing that they're like, yeah, he actually was a pretty good musician. We, the only thing that was weird is that he had the wrong. And the sound is different. And Paul's sound is different from when between the accidents, even though, yes, they announced they were going to make their sound different. Paul was a growing young boy. Like, yeah. we often underestimate that the Beatles were all like 14 when they broke up. Like... <laughs> They have been, they've been making, I'm exaggerating. Oh, I was like, really? But they've been making music since they were like 14. And the uh, one thing I learned from this whole thing is that my father was a diehard Beatles fan. And that means he was the adult person that loved NSYNC in the nineties. Like he loved, I mean, I know it's a little different, but it also is like, God, dad, you made fun of me for liking crappy music. I love the Beatles, but if the Beatles were really the original boy band and the way everyone made fun of the boy bands now, right? We're screaming girls. Well, makes you look at your dad different is all I'm saying. Yeah. People, they're being a little fast and loose with the rules, though, when they call the Beatles a boy band. And I know I just did it, too. But I don't know, like NSYNC wasn't getting in a studio and sitting down and hammering out songs on instruments and shit. Like there is a difference between no. the Beatles and like new kids on the block, new edition. Obviously. Like, all yeah. Like the Beatles were actually talented musicians, musicians and yeah. not just talented singers and performers. They weren't that amazing as performers. That's part of the reason they stopped touring. I mean, the reason they stopped touring is in sync or the Beatles, the Beatles. Oh, Okay. The reason the Beatles stopped touring, I don't think it's because Paul McCartney died. It's because the technology of the time, like the music equipment of the time, couldn't really keep up with the audiences they were pulling. Like they're, they were playing, if you look at like the Shea Stadium concert, they're playing with the kinds of amps that you see a bar band use. Oh, wow. And meanwhile, they're playing Shea Stadium with tens of thousands of people screaming at the top of their lungs. That's why there's not really any good Beatles live albums because all the Beatles live stuff sounds like shit because there's just a billion fucking people shrieking in the background while they're playing through the kind of equipment you could put in your apartment without getting in too much trouble for it. Here's the thing. One of the things people say about conspiracy theories, especially the more outlandish ones and why people believe them and why they spread is... People are looking for an explanation to things that seem unexplainable. Like what? How is this? There's nothing in this. There's not. Look at the Beatles pre-Sergeant Pepper and post-Sergeant Pepper. That is a jarring change. Even though their music was heading in that direction, Rubber Soul and Revolver are way different than Please Please Me and these albums where they were playing like R&B covers and I want to hold your hand and shit. Once they hit Revolver and Rubber Soul, their music starts getting weirder. That's when they start like fucking with the sitar. You know, they're like taking acid. Like that's the thing. The Beatles started taking drugs. That's why Sgt. Pepper looks the way it does. It's not because anyone died. But I think that change 
alienated a lot of people. It had to. Like, people who were expecting them to show up in matching suits and go, whoo! Once Sergeant Pepper... Do you think that's where it started? The rumor, somebody made a rumor, one of them must have died? That's a wild, that's a wild thing to jump from. Because really, before I knew this... it's a why why would why would that be so wild? That one of them died and was replaced by an imposter? That's a crazy thing to make up. Why are you why are you yelling at me? I didn't make it up. I'm not yelling. <laughs> but someone made it up and I think that's I think that's what it is. I think people were trying to rationalize this metamorphosis easy. the Beatles went through at that like you, point. They were kids. They were kids. They got a bunch of fame and then they were like cool kids too, you know? So they were like, we, we're making all this money by being essentially boy, a boy band. And we want to be real artists. That's what all artists go through, right? They like get all their money from the like fans. And then they change. Fans don't like change. As someone who has hosted a podcast since 2013, let me tell you, fans don't always like change. And there is what a change thing. did you do that the fans didn't like? I mean, I don't know. Grew as a person over the past 10 years. Like, oh, who knows? But not like the label or something no. or the logo. You didn't start talking in an accent. There is a <laughs> pretty famous video of Beatles fans watching the video for Strawberry Fields for the first mm-hmm. time. It's like a live studio audience and everyone is so fired up to watch it and then they see that crazy ass video and it cuts back to that audience and they're like uh <laughs> okay. i don't think i've seen that video that's, that's the be- and they interview people and some of them are like yeah man i think it's pretty cool and there's others who are like i'm gonna cry like this is the worst thing i've ever seen the beatles changed they changed yeah. and it makes pointing to their music at the time as proof of a death conspiracy very easy because a lot of things in the Beatles were changing and dying at the time. And that was coming through in their work. I've dedicated a lot of time to believing this. Also, with stuff Probably like... six hours tops, but... <laughs> with stuff like George Harrison pointing to Wednesday... Wednesday at five o'clock. At five o'clock. There's a thing police do when they are interviewing someone that they want to pin a murder on but don't have enough evidence where they will feed that person details that they didn't necessarily know with the hope that eventually that person's going to circle back around and give them that detail. For me to believe that's George Harrison referencing Paul McCartney's death, I would need to see this rumor discussed before that album came out because that album comes out really, really soon after Paul McCartney died, allegedly. So is that... George Harrison pointing to Wednesday morning, 5 a.m. as when Paul McCartney died. Or yeah, like people... six months after. Right. So was this rumor discussed before that? And did anyone before the Sgt. Pepper album ever say he died Wednesday morning at 5 a.m.? Or have people taken George Harrison pointing to Wednesday morning at 5 a.m. on Sgt. Pepper as proof that that's when Paul died? I don't know. Let me Google this. You're not going to find an answer to that. Like it's. Oh, there's a new video. Thank God. I'm sure it blows everything open. Because here's the thing. If you look into this rumor, it didn't start getting discussed and it didn't really start generating steam until like 68. 
like maybe late 67. But like the articles that come out about it and the radio reports, those are all like 68, 69. So by that point, it's just as possible that the people spreading this fake story are pulling the details of the story from the Sgt. Pepper album cover, as opposed to the Sgt. Pepper album cover being the story. Because that's really specific, knowing the, the day that he got in the car wreck. But we also don't know, like, it's not the way it is now. Like, if someone got in a car wreck now, there'd be a million things we could Google. You know what I mean? Like, Paul McCartney back then, it's like, there probably wasn't even a news van there. And yeah. they said Re- Rita died and then Rita lost her leg, changed her name, and then I believe became his wife. So who's, who's is Linda Eastman supposed to be Rita? I think so. Isn't she the one who lost her leg and then they started doing music together? Or was that Jessica? No, Heather Mills. Heather Mills. Heather Mills was like in her 30s when she married Paul McCartney. How old was she when she got in that car? Eight? I don't know. How old, when was that when they got together? Heather Heather Mills, like he married her in like the 90s or maybe even the 2000s. He was married know. to Linda Eastman not long after. Linda Eastman is on the cover of the Life magazine interview about the death rumors. There's, yeah. an, there's a magazine article I found from the New York Times from like 1968 written by a guy who worked on a book with Linda Eastman. And... It's called No, 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 Paul is Not Dead. Uh, what? So, yeah, Heather, Mil- Heather Mills is the article is called No, Paul's Not Dead, not the book. She's yeah. 40 when they married in 2002. Right. And how old was he? 109, right? Uh, 65. Yeah. So that's probably, how old is he now? He just turned 80. That's probably not Rita then. If. OK, I guess this documentary laid heavily on the fact that some of us wouldn't look up some information and just take it as. That's the thing. So many documentaries do. That's scary for other stuff. But it says, okay, here it says the rumor started circulating in 1967, but it gained broad popularity in 1969. Right. Okay, real quick. The only reason why, I know this isn't hard facts, but the only reason why I believe that maybe I could be wrong, Paul McCartney wrote a song for John Lennon called Here Today. And he sings it live, and it's one of the most hauntingly beautiful songs I've ever heard in my life. And I don't think Billy Shears could have written that about some guy that he barely knew, or he knew enough, but like... Yeah. Also, Paul McCartney also wrote a song. Have you ever heard Let Me Roll It? No. John Lennon, at the time, like, in this, I think you would also have to know John Lennon pretty fucking well. John Lennon and Paul McCartney, at the time, were engaged in this public feud where John Lennon was like, oh... I make the avant-garde music, baby. You're making pop hits. And Paul Do you McCartney, think that, they, that he sounds like Austin Powers? Everyone in England sounds like Austin Powers, <laughs> especially at that point in history. And Paul McCartney was like, bitch, I can make the music you make. I'm just not a fucking weirdo. And so Paul McCartney makes this song called Let Me Roll It that is essentially a John Lennon song. It In music, in lyrics, in the way his fucking voice sounds, it is a John Lennon song. But it's Paul McCartney doing it, and the whole point is, motherfucker, you're not that special. Like, I just don't make music the way you do, and you're so self-righteous that you think everyone should make music the way you do. It doesn't make you special, it makes you an asshole. And I don't think an imposter could have pulled a move like that either. Even at that point, what year was that? Uh, Let Me Roll It, I think, was 70, 71, something like that. 
It's like six years later. That's I know a lot of people I've only known for a few years that I know well enough. And if you're in the studio, I don't think that debunks it. You're in the studio and you spend that much time with somebody because you're in the same band and you're famous together. You get to know them pretty well, right? Like how many people do you know that you went on the road with for like a month? Or, you know, like you haven't known them and then you go on the road with them for like a week. You know them pretty well afterwards. Maybe not enough to mimic their comedy, but years is enough for him to, especially if he's a musician. But also, have you ever heard the SNL story about John and Paul? It was... Saturday Night Live? Yes. There's a very famous skit. I think it was Lorne Michaels. But someone comes out during the opening monologue and basically offers the Beatles like $500 to reunite on SNL. Like he was obviously joking, like that's not enough money. Yeah. And there was this funny thing that happened a couple weeks later where just George Harrison showed up. It was like a skit. but <laughs> For the $500, that's very funny. Yeah, but as coincidence would have it, John Lennon and Paul McCartney were in New York hanging out together the night that happened. And they almost, because Saturday Night Live is live, and they almost went yeah. down there and did that. Why would John Lennon and fake Paul McCartney have a moment like that? What would be in it for John Lennon to reunite with fake Paul McCartney just on some friendship? stuff all those years later because there's when i say there's like a, a tv miniseries about it that's what i mean there's a tv movie about that night when john lennon and paul mccartney were hanging out and that saturday night live thing happened it was on vh1 who played paul mccartney and john lennon in billy, that TV? billy shears played both i hate you like <laughs> like eddie murphy you just played clumps. i mean look like i yesterday yesterday one of my one of my things okay. uh, that was hilarious. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> one of my one of the things that I would not I don't believe it is the John and Paul relationship. Like that's the one thing that keeps me from. But everything else, I'm like I don't know, man. Crazier things have happened, but the John and Paul relationship are the one thing that I'm like that's hard to fake. It's very hard to fake, and I don't know that this is the kind of thing. Like someone would have talked like this would this would have to involve so many moving parts because not really I'd be 10 people. I don't care how good of a musician you are. I don't care how much plastic surgery you get. Like if a fake version of one of my really good friends walked in the room right now, I'd be like, what the fuck's going on with you? Like, why? Like, this Mm. is weird. Like, you seem like you, but not like you like it's easy to say oh he was a good enough musician that he could just fall into the the band and he could write the songs and he could learn to play guitar with a different hand but but that who was he spending yourself, time with what who is he spending time with at that time those guys like you're that famous you have four people around you like you don't go like you don't go to a party huh he had a wife and kids he didn't have kids at that time he's holding his kid on the cover of the life magazine thing or maybe it's no, one of Linda Eastman's kids. I don't know. But when he also had like Paul McCartney, it wasn't like I get that the Beatles weren't touring, but he still had to do shit like he was still oh, in March of 1969. He had a kid. OK, his first kid. OK, that would have just made me not believe any of it if it, children were involved. But Paul McCartney still had to do stuff like he was still a person. He still had like the Beatles had business things going on. The Beatles were recording music this whole time. Like it's one thing to say, yeah, they found an adequate 
musician, which also you don't just need an adequate musician to replace Paul McCartney. Like you need Paul McCartney to replace Paul McCartney. There is a reason the Beatles are the Beatles and so many other bands are who they are. But it's going to be way harder to fit into that social scene and do all the shit the Beatles start doing because there's all these videos of them like fucking hanging out with Bob Dylan and taking acid and talking about drugs. And these are all people who knew Paul McCartney before. And not a single one was like, hey, you're not Paul McCartney. Or the government went to the entire British pop scene at the time and was like, don't say shit. You don't say shit. Also, we wouldn't if someone, if not Jeff May showed up, Mm -hmm. but looked like Jeff May, talked like Jeff May, you wouldn't like hammer him thinking he was not Jeff May. You would think, is my friend okay? What's going on, man? I'd have questions either way. But you wouldn't be like, you're obviously not Jeff May. Where's the real? No one thinks that way. Like, no one thinks you must be an imposter. That's what makes me confused where this uh, came from. I think you mean impulster? <laughs> that was good. That was Thank really you. good. Thanks. I liked Thank it. I liked that it. was all right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'd get there. Maybe at some point. I mean, the way my head works, I'd think alien before, like, the government replaced him i'd be like you a shapeshifter would you really think that no but i want to hire someone that looks like me to hang out with you and see if you i am willing to take up that challenge just for the you hire someone who looks like you part yeah i don't see that's the thing that that yes do that show me how easy it is to find someone who looks and sounds exactly like you who could have have fake kim crawl host an episode of your podcast sometime and see if people notice I don't like admitting that I possibly could be wrong, <laughs> but but I assumed you didn't know that much, and I was just gonna, <laughs> and you know all of it. I mean, I've looked into I've looked in, into this theory. There's a reason we haven't done an episode about it because I just don't I don't believe. And actually, we've done episodes about celebrities who people claim were replaced by lookalikes, and I'm Who's sure the celebrities. Paul McCartney came up. Uh, there's Avril Lavigne, Andrew WK, Eminem. Is one Eminem. Eminem, in terms of like physical features, might be the most compelling. Like he Who does replaced Eminem. What happened to him? The rumor there is that he died in, I think, died of a drug overdose. It might have also been a car crash, though. Maybe a drug-induced car crash, but Netflix. something like that. In that, when? they just wanted to keep the money train going, so they pumped out a new. Eminem, and that's why there was like five years between a couple of his albums. I don't know. I don't believe it. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's also not true. Maybe. If Eminem did get in a crazy car accident, might explain why his face looks different. Well, have you? Okay, what conspiracy? You do this podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you not believe in any conspiracy theories? <laughs> I believe in so many, so many. I feel defeated. I feel like I didn't come with as much as I thought I came with, and you debunked it all very quickly, and I'm very disappointed. There's just not that much to it. There's not, there's not a but lot But I still, it's one of those that I would believe if it happened. Like, if they were like, yeah, this actually happened, I would be like, oh, I believe it. Yeah, I, I could see someone trying it. I just don't know if it would have been as successful as it was. Nah, but it wasn't, because people found out. Did they? Not enough I guess that's one of the things that I'm like, matter. if this... If this actually was George Harrison's last will and testament and it was like tapes, it wouldn't have been just some guy in some small studio. That's it's been a disappointing few days. <laughs> Not that I want Paul McCartney to die because I love Paul McCartney. I have a Beatle tattoo. 
That's it, that's that's a lot. Was it? Does yeah. it just say the Beatles? No, it says Paul McCartney died in 1966. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tramp stamp. That's where the rumor started. That's right there, right there. No, it's just a uh, whisper words of wisdom. Oh, let it be. Let it All be. Right. Did anybody leave any comments where they were like, she's making a compelling? No, no, no. Were they mean to me? No, there weren't a lot of comments. I think people were just wrapped with attention. I don't think that's how you say that. Oh, they were paying attention? Yeah, yeah. People were just listening. They were waiting for you to sell them. And I'm sure some, listen, I'm sure you did. What I'm were sure you, you going to say? Some what? I'm sure you sold some people on it. I don't have any doubt. Not me, but. But what? Okay. I still stand by one day. On Paul's deathbed, he's going to be like, I'm Billy Shears. I would, too, if I was Paul McCartney, just to, like, fuck with people. Even then you wouldn't believe it? If he gives us a DNA, why hasn't he given a DNA test? Because he doesn't have to. That's like asking why the Sandy Hook parents don't give Alex Jones DNA tests on all their kids. Okay, it's not exactly it's the not same. It's not exactly the same, but it's not that far off. The answer I mean, is because you're not entitled to that level of information just because you got a hunch about Paul McCartney. Like he's I a, don't want the information. I think he should just give the information so the rumor will die and Kim can rest in peace. You think the government couldn't fake something like that? What, do you have Paul McCartney's real DNA to compare it with? See, so do you think the government can't fake that, but they can totally. I, no, I'm saying what if Paul McCartney was like, swab my cheek, baby. What would you do with that? He doesn't sound would you, like would that. You, you'd run that up 21 and me and whatever or whatever it's called. Do you want to see some pictures that I pulled up that I had ready so you could see the differences between Paul McCartney before 1966 and Paul McCartney after 1966? I mean, I've seen those pictures and that's the same thing. You see that in like. The Avril Lavigne thing where you got to take perspective into account also. And like the distance at which pictures are being taken, the shadows. If Paul McCartney was in a car accident, was there some sort of plastic surgery he had to have that was reconstructive in nature? That might change things. Like I've seen the pictures. Your theory on the whole, they made it up and they were trying to run with it on Sergeant Pepper. And no one really talked about the time until after Sergeant Pepper. I'm still not convinced. I still kind of believe it. Okay, how did George Harrison know what time Paul McCartney died? Because uh, he left the studio at like four-ish, and they got the call at like six-ish, and okay. the cops, the so he Maxwell and, and was, he like, was like, five. He was like, what was the exact time of death, baby? <laughs> Hari Krishna, what time did he die? Well, I'm sure they told him, you know, and someone, you know, I know when like- You think the police on, were like, oh, hey, Mr. Harrison- he died at 5 a.m., innit? He doesn't sound like Austin Powers. That's the cop, yeah. I mean, but you know, like, if your friend was in a car, like, if your close best friend died in a car accident, they tell you the time of death. He wasn't like, hey, can someone tell me the time of death because I'm making this, like... No, they're like, they said that they brought him to the, the, the Maxwell brought them to the car wreck to identify Paul McCartney. They were like, yeah, that's our friend Paul McCartney. And they're like, yeah, time of death was around 5 o'clock a.m. Why did Maxwell take them? Because he was the guy who was handling the, when they when they found out that it was Paul McCartney, they called MI three. Who knew it was Paul McCartney if the Beatles had to come identify him? See that part's un unclear. It sure is. Like, well, Rita's the one who knew it was Paul McCartney, and she She's was on the side of the road. Paul McCartney crying. was decapitated, and she was in good enough health that she could be like, "Is Paul McCartney in it?" Well, that that that's not proof. That happens all the time. 
someone in a car accident walks away on and that? the other person is fine. Who did I she don't tell know. that to? Called the police, and then the police. And then the police called Maxwell. Damn it! I, I just I don't I don't know why I don't know I why I would, that would it would go down that way. Like I get that the you know the Beatles are celebrities and things, but yeah, it, I mean, I just this would be such a needlessly elaborate thing when you could just as easily sit people down and be like, look, this is going to hurt. You're going to be sad, but Paul McCartney died. Like, yeah, motherfuckers might be distraught. You might get a couple people who would kill themselves, but those people were going to kill themselves someday anyway. <laughs> anyway, if yeah. you're doing it over Paul McCartney, you were looking for an excuse. So I just don't understand what the motivation would be. Even the part where, oh, it's keeping the money going. The Beatles could have kept going without Paul McCartney. You think so? Yeah. I mean, the Beatles talked all the time about kicking George out and adding Eric Clapton to the band. But like, that was a joke. No, it wasn't. Like John Lennon was a real dick. Yeah, wasn't John he? Lennon was an asshole. But also, you got to think of all the talent around them at the time. Like Bob Dylan. They they would have found someone to join that band. Fucking Pete Townsend could have joined that band. But I just keep going back to like, why did this rumor start? And how is it like, it's just weird. I'm telling you, it's because the Beatles changed so much. And people want an explanation for that change that goes beyond, well, people change sometimes. But people don't want that. They want there to be some extenuating circumstance that has made the band that was their favorite band that sounded one way and looked one way now they sound a whole different way and look a whole different way. And why? Why did this happen? Why did this happen to me? And eventually some idiot landed on, you know, when they said Paul McCartney had a car accident in 1966, I bet he died. And that's why the Beatles had to change so much. Never mind the fact that they were writing a bunch of the Sgt. Pepper stuff before his alleged death date like that. You know, Well, that's the thing that they're saying, though, too, is that those songs were already written like. John was like, I already have a lot of material that Paul and I did together. So that can be debunked. Yeah. And the thing about John Lennon, he was usually pretty honest about what his songs were about. And the Beatles were kind of like the TV show Lost, where people just poured over their shit, looking for all these secret meanings and all these hidden clues. And the song that stands out to me, it's on Sgt. Pepper. It's called being for the benefit of Mr. Kite. And oh, yes. for years and years and years, people were like, that's a drug song, isn't it? It's about drugs. And John Lennon was like, no, those are words I saw on an old circus poster. And people were like, okay, whatever. And then John Lennon produced that fucking circus poster and was like, see, baby, this is where <laughs> it came from. So famous people sound like Austin Powers. Yes, famous British people. And <laughs> like the same thing with Lucy in the Sky with diamonds he no. was like that's something one of my kids said to me and they were like no it's about lsd and here's the thing it could be both but like john lennon was pretty open about what Everything. his songs meant even when they meant nothing like if you listen to i am the walrus that song is that song is gibberish it is absolutely meaningless and when asked about it he was like that song is gibberish it means what about nothing. eleanor rigby they said that that song is about paul's uh, funeral like the preacher says a sermon that no one will hear eleanor rigby is on the revolver album 
when did that that came out before Sergeant Pepper? I think that came out before or after he died, at least. I think it. Um, what year did the Revolver album come out? Um, nineteen sixty-six. Uh huh. What month? Um. Oh no. <laughs> See. That would have come. How that- can they just make this documentary, <laughs> call it a documentary, and then just put it out there into the world? By the way, before I watched this thing, I and a very smart person I know told me to watch this because I told him I believe Paul McCartney died in '66. He goes, "Oh, have you ever seen that documentary?" And I was like, "No, I did my I did my own research. Yeah, God, I just yeah. became my own research crowd." Yeah, Eleanor Rigby was on the. Revolver album that came out before Sgt. Pepper. Uh, Yeah, so any references to anything on, I think even Strawberry Fields, I think even came out before (laughs) Paul McCartney is alleged to have died. And that's another song where people are like, Strawberry Field, it's a cemetery. And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily. Oh, no, it came out in 1967. What did? Strawberry Fields. Okay. But I I think that's your genesis for this rumor. I do honestly think it, is that the Beatles changed their sound and their look so dramatically. And as far as their sound, it wasn't that dramatic. People just weren't ready for those fucking suits that they put on on the Sgt. Pepper album. But their sound was already getting pretty experimental. They just got fucking weird on the Sgt. Yeah. Pepper album, which on, I, honestly I think is not one of their better albums. But I know people love it. I like the album. A whole lot. I, no, I like it. But like... That's the other thing. Like, if Paul McCartney was replaced with an imposter, they didn't just find someone as good as Paul McCartney. They found someone better. Because Paul McCartney, at least in my opinion, does all of his best work after Sgt. Pepper. And I know there are people who'd be like, see, he was replaced. No, he's just maturing as a songwriter. I mean, he still could have been replaced. No, he couldn't. No, he Bill, fucking Billy couldn't. Shears I'm was just sorry. a better musician. He could not. Like, it would not have fucking worked. People would not have fallen for that shit. Like, there's no... And also, you're, you're, you're crossing your wires. Like, half the time, it's, well, they didn't need him to be that good because John Lennon had all these songs written. Well, then, did this guy write songs What if it was not? both? What if it was both? Then... <laughs> Then what happened to all those songs John Lennon had written? But what if the, they were like part of them? What if he was like, I have these songs and Billy Shear was the like, Beatles, I have some ideas. The Beatles only made like four more albums after this. And then they broke up because of the guilt. They broke up because they hated each other. Oh, that makes me so sad. I'd rather the guilt. But I don't know. It's not. See that again, that's the, that's the exact same thing. That's you in your heart wanting it to be something other than what it really is. It's which just is some sometimes idiot made up just, a... Why? Sometimes people just don't get along anymore. Like, Well, yeah, because, well, you know, the Yoko factor. See how they blamed Yoko, but they already had a bunch of problems, but it was easier just to blame Yoko. And that's what the Yoko factor is, is like. Yeah, I think that's a thing fans kind of project on the Beatles, too. And I think it's the same thing where they want to be like, oh, why would why would our four lads from Liverpool break up and it's like oh because they had that evil outside influence that was Yoko Ono <laughs> or oh it's because they didn't get along with imposter Paul but real Paul was cool it's like no they just they broke up. up and it's probably for the best like the alternative is the Rolling Stones like I say this all the time the Rolling Stones and the Beatles have approximately the same number of like actual hits 
Yeah. It's just that the Beatles did it in 10 albums and the Rolling Stones have like 40. They have 40 albums? I mean, they've been making music this whole time. Like, I don't I don't know that they've cranked out a bunch in the 2010s or 2020s, but they got a shit ton of albums. I think they have like, like 30 some. I don't think that guy did as much drugs as he says he did. Who, Mick Jagger or Keith yeah. Richards? Both of them. They're still alive. I, maybe it's the drugs keeping them alive. I don't know, but all the rock stars are dying around 60 because it's like, well, you can't do a bunch of drugs and drink your whole life and not. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Maybe we're doing better drugs these days. That could also be it. That's probably all it is. What if we don't end this with me saying you've convinced me, but we end this with both of us saying that we could both maybe possibly be right? Oh, I I know I'm right. (laughs) There's part. okay, and again, like I sit on this like I don't like I wouldn't die on this hill, but there are some things that I'm like, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's compelling clues in anything like if you. I'll I'll use it as a comparison again. If you look into the Sandy Hook thing, if you just read the surface level claims about what happened at Sandy Hook, a lot of it does seem like compelling proof of a conspiracy theory. And all you got to do. Oh, God, I didn't even read those. But if you look into each one a little bit deeper, like you can debunk all of it. Like there was one that there's a above head photo from the day the shooting happened and there's a bunch of Christmas trees outside and people are like why did they have all the memorial trees ready on the same day the shooting happened they didn't they were selling fucking christmas trees at the school like oh god i don't think it's the same at all it's not Mine is but like, it's the same it's the same thinking it's exactly what you said they know people aren't going to look into it the people who do the least amount of research in this world are the do your own research crowd they don't, oh, yeah. they don't research. They follow Twitter accounts that. Wait, are you saying I didn't do my th- research on this? Well, that's <sighs> the thing. Like watching a documentary like this isn't enough. Like it's not. Oh, I watched YouTube videos. I read articles. There's a quote from Ringo Starr that he's like, yeah, that did happen. And we're sad, but we, we can't. There's a quote somewhere, but it was on the New York Post and, or the New York. Yeah. Like not the most like an inquire situation. Yeah. It's just so I did. I did do some research. I did do a lot of research. I didn't just watch a documentary. I just watched the documentary yesterday because I thought it would help me. But it actually (laughs) it did not. It it made me kind of think I might have been wrong this whole time. Maybe I won't say that you've convinced me, but you have disappointed me. I feel like I have secretly convinced you, but you don't have to admit it. It's fine. No, no worries. It's just I liked that part of my personality. And <laughs> the part that thought Paul McCartney died in the 60s. I, am yeah. gonna, I will be honest. It is probably your defining characteristic. It's the only thing people know about me. Yeah. I remember, I think I met you through Jeff. And I'm pretty sure the first thing he said was, hey, you should have my friend Kim on. She believes Paul McCartney died in the 1960s. She's a really good comedian. She'd probably like to come try a McRib. I think you were on the McRib episode. That was the first, first time we met was the McRibs. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, I, you, t- someone took a picture of me eating my first McRib. Yeah. Which, uh, oh, the McRib just passed RIP. They claim they're never bringing it back, but. Don't, don't they always it. bring it back like once a year or something? Yeah, they do. They say this is the last time, but I don't believe it. Yeah. That's so that it's my only, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've done all the research I can. <laughs> 
And every time it comes back to, but it's just a weird thing to make up. All right. I'm not going to say I have been convinced otherwise, but I'm going to say I inched the other way a few inches. Well, good. And that's like, that's not necessarily the point of these episodes. I'm not trying to change people's minds, but you know, just trying to do you just trying do you to, always change their minds or do you this often is the first time we've done one of these. You are you are the pilot program and it went very well. It did. It did. Oh, yeah. This was great. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. That's all I need. My, 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 <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I had all this research and then you were like, no. <laughs> and my here's job. why. <laughs> that is my job. Well, so Kim, thank you so much for doing the episode, me. especially yeah. on such short notice. Do you have anything to plug before we uh, get out of here? Yeah. I have a book and a podcast. I wrote a book about my dating life called Confessions of a Recovering Party Girl and how much I used to drink. Uh, so drinking and dating. And then I have a podcast called Crawl Space, Kim Crawl, K-Y-M-K-R-A-L space. Um, yeah. All right. Do I have anything to plug? AdamToddBrown.substack.com. Things are heating up over there. That's where I, I write. You can give me money to write. Although everything on there is free for right now, but that's going to change very soon. My most recent column is about how uh, I, I think there's a good possibility Trump and Carrie Lake might run as an independent ticket in 2024 and then storm the Capitol when they don't win. Uh, so go read about that. Oh. And uh, other than that, that's all I got to plug. Carrie Lake's the broad from Arizona that barely yeah. lost, who looks like she's always in a filter. Yeah, she's a fucking nightmare. She's a mess. Yeah. And I think that's it. We should get out of here. Kim, say goodbye. Adam. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for having me. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. People of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed.